This Week in Agriculture, a production of the Red River Farm Network. With a look at markets, I'm Kara Hart. The grain markets closed the week mixed on Friday. Livestock markets closed the week higher. It was a back and forth week for the grain markets. U.S. commodities market analyst Don Rose says risk premium is being taken out of the grain trade. We uh, started out on Friday again, concerned that we're going to have a hot, dry week coming forward, but uh, it didn't turn out as hot as the trade had anticipated. Um, we saw uh, so that we took some risk premium out for that. We did see uh, some ships move out of the Ukraine area, so more grain coming in the pipeline. That was corn, so took some risk premium out uh, there. And I think the market is also dancing around, waiting for the uh, crop report uh, that'll be out uh, next Friday. And we did have some uh, private forecasters come out. Informa is forecasting the U.S. soybean yield up three tenths of a bushel and corn yield down one tenth of a bushel. Total Farm Marketing Senior Market Advisor Naomi Bloom anticipates slight reductions in yields. Do you think that for yield we will see very, very slight reductions on yield? It's definitely not a record crop out there by any means, but I think it's a little bit too premature to say that the yield is substantially lower. Um, we know it's been so hot out in Nebraska and parts of western Iowa where it just hasn't rained, and so they're really struggling there. But a lot of the other part of the country is doing okay. So I think we'll see slight reduction with yield. I think we'll see some tweaking with demand. But the biggest question is what the USDA is going to do with the yield. The USDA's August report will be released next Friday at 11 o'clock Central Time. New crop spring wheat basis bids at the six regional grain elevators, followed by the Red River Farm Network, remained unchanged from the previous week, ranging from 30 to 85 cents under the September Minneapolis futures contract. Nearby delivery corn basis ranges from 23 cents under to 65 cents over the September futures. New crop corn basis ranges from 40 to 70 cents under the December futures contract. Soybean basis ranges from 30 to 50 cents under the November futures. Black Sea research firm Sovacon raised Ukraine's corn production estimate and lowered its forecast for Ukraine's wheat production this week due to fewer harvested acres compared to last year because of its war with Russia. Sovacon cut its forecast for Ukraine's wheat production by 800,000 metric tons to 19.9 million tons. That compares to 32.2 million tons harvested last year. Harvested wheat area was cut from 61 million hectares to 53 million hectares. Due to improved weather in the majority of growing regions, Sovacon raised its estimate for Ukraine's corn production by 1.5 million tons, now at 29.6 million tons, but that's still down from the 42.1 million tons produced last year. Back here in the Northern Plains, Bagley Livestock Auction co-owner Billy Bichelle says the feeder cattle market is holding up well this summer. Uh, it's been very strong since last spring. Uh, really haven't seen any uh, any setbacks at all in the actual calf sales. Uh, futures markets always are doing ups and downs, you know, but uh, but the actual calf sales. Uh, have, have never gone backwards since this spring. Uh, they just continued their gradual climb up. Michelle says the fat cattle market is defying normal seasonal patterns. Normally, uh, we're getting into the real sluggish time with fat cattle as the new crop calves start hitting the market. And so that normally pressures that fat cattle market down. 
uh, but it, it's been defying it. Uh, the feedlots have been keeping current, and so the packers have had to come out and be a little bit more aggressive on their bids to get the feedlots to move their fat cattle. So that is the main uh, one and only reason that the fat cattle market has stayed strong and actually uh, held its own through a time period where it should be going down seasonally. That's a look at markets this week in agriculture. I'm Kara Hart on the Red River Farm Network. You've spent hours caring for, feeding, and grooming your animals. You put in the hours every day, all in preparation for that time in the show ring. You are a 4-H member, and you know a thing or two about work, responsibility, and respect. NDFB sees your dedication and your care. They thank you and salute you. You are the next generation of leaders on the farm and in our hometown communities. Learn more about NDFB at ndfb.org. World Weather Incorporated Senior Meteorologist Drew Lerner is your trusted source for agricultural weather. From the Northern Plains, we do expect some showers to develop and a couple of thunderstorms. The majority of the meaningful rain, though, is going to be in southern Canada. To South America, Buenos Aires, La Pampa, and Cordoba, but it doesn't occur until we get into next week, leaving plenty of time for changes in the forecast. Drew Lerner, only on the Red River Farm Network. We're reporting agriculture's business. With a look at farm news this week in agriculture, I'm Sierra Doctor on the Red River Farm Network. In a few weeks, Senate Agriculture Committee Ranking Member John Bozeman will be in North Dakota visiting with local ag groups about the farm bill. There's no firm date, but it's in the works for the end of August or early September. I'm anxious to come to, uh, to North Dakota and, you know, as part of, of what we're doing as we try and craft a new farm bill, getting input from the stakeholders, getting input from different regions of the country. Uh, they have different problems than we have in Arkansas. Their crops are, you know, in some cases different. Making sure that we get all the input that we need, not a one-size-fits-all. Bozeman already met with farmers in Michigan and Arkansas to get their feedback. In visiting with the farmers, uh, there's consensus that uh, these input costs are, are greater than ever. Uh, they're really facing a crisis in that regard. The 2018 Farm Bill did not have any major tweaks for the next bill. This time, to be honest, I don't know what it's going to look like because I don't know what circumstances we're going to be facing in the next several months. Uh, I think at the end of the day, it was it was not perfect. You know, there was there's always uh, ways to improve. Uh, different areas have different ideas, but it was something everybody could live with and was a good five-year program. But as we put that together, the uh, you know it was a very, very different time as far as the agriculture outlook. The Senate is expected to vote on the reconciliation bill Saturday afternoon. This is a huge bill that includes language dealing with climate, health care, taxes, and inflation. A Country Farm Credit Services Senior Vice President of Government and Public Affairs, Howard Olson, says there are funding implications for agriculture as well. It's actually about $40 billion, I think, that would be uh, uh, managed by USDA, you know, in, including uh, forestry and rural electric co-ops for uh, carbon reduction programs and carbon capture projects and so on. Um, $20 billion in for conservation programs. Um, you can only see what some of this means and uh, how, 
how it's going to be written and what will happen with it. But I, I think there's just a lot of good things in there for agriculture. And then it also um, extends the biodiesel tax credit and then provides a new uh, credit for renewable fuels and, and low-carbon fuels from agriculture, um, you know, as we get a couple years down the road with it. Despite some positive things for agriculture, Olson says there are also concerns about the cost of the legislation. Former House Agriculture Committee Chairman Colin Peterson moderated the Sweetener Symposium panel with USDA Undersecretary Robert Bonney this past week. Peterson says much of the conversation centered around climate-smart agriculture. Bonney also talked about disaster aid implementation, including the new WIP Plus program. They had uh, simplified it and he thought improved it. Now, I've heard, I've heard uh, different takes on that from different parts of the country that maybe wouldn't agree with that. But they changed the program so that it's much easier, he claims, for his staff or for the people at the uh, county offices to, to do the applications. He said under the old program, the WIP program was five hours for application, and now they've got it down to 40 minutes. The Environmental Protection Agency is adopting an atrazine level of concern at up to 3.4 parts per billion. Minnesota Corn Growers Association board member Todd Wenzel says it's inconsistent with scientific regulatory data. Many farmers like to use atrazine as a standalone product. It's also an ingredient in many pre-mixes. White House Competition Advisor Tim Wu will be stepping down from the job and returning to teach at Columbia University. Wu is an advocate of breaking up big tech companies and joining the administration to lead efforts to boost competition, including in the meatpacking industry. According to Reuters, the exact timeline is not known for Wu's departure. And that's a look at farm news this week in agriculture. I'm Sierra Doctor on the Red River Farm Network. The North Dakota Mill has been producing northern-grown spring wheat and durum flour since 1922. The mill now adds value to more than 30 million bushels per year. North Dakota Mill employees take pride in the highest quality spring wheat and durum wheat products for the baking and pasta industries. Look for Dakota-made flour in 5, 10, and 25-pound packages, as well as pancake and bread machine mixes. Spring wheat and durum flour, superior quality, is what separates the North Dakota Mill from the competition. Before I started working as a soil scientist. Before I became a systems engineer. I found out science is cool. I did my first lab experiment. In 4-H. In 4-H. You never know when a spark will ignite the imagination. That's why 4-H is fostering one million new scientists and engineers for America's future workforce. With the help of companies and universities around the country. One million new scientists. One million new ideas. Learn more at 4-H.org. With a look at weather this week in agriculture, I'm Randy Conan. Dry conditions are continuing to expand across the Dakotas and Minnesota. According to the latest U.S. Drought Monitor map, moderately dry conditions are creeping into Chippewa, Swift, Pope, and Stevens counties in Minnesota. Abnormally dry conditions also creeping further north into Wilkin and Ottertail counties. In North Dakota, the abnormally dry conditions continue to expand in Richland County, and in South Dakota, abnormally dry conditions are expanding in Roberts and Grant counties. Drought threatens portions of the Southern Plains. USDA meteorologist Brad Rippey says rangeland conditions are a growing concern. 
we got to talk about the problem areas. And effectively, if you take an area stretching from California eastward to the central and southern Great Plains and into the Mid-South, every one of those states extending as far east as Missouri and Arkansas, seeing rangeland and pasture conditions rated at least one-third very poor to poor, led by Texas at 91%, and then followed by Arkansas, 72%, and Nebraska at 62%. That area has been afflicted by drought for a long time, especially in the Southwest, and then flash drought superimposed over top of that short-hitting drought across that middle part of the country. The sell-off of the cow herd is continuing throughout the summer here as a result of those poor pasture conditions. Over the next week and a half, the Northern Plains is expected to see rain coming in behind a ridge of high pressure. So that the Dakotas and Minnesota will probably get at least an opportunity or two for some, some rain to occur. It may not be big time soaking rains, but it will be enough to take the edge off of our stress that we're building up right now across the region. World Weather Incorporated senior ag meteorologist Drew Lerner remains nervous about the last part of August and early September. That we could get the amplitude of the ridge stronger and end up finishing out just a little on the dry side, so, which that of course makes this rain coming up in the next week or 10 days uh, to be extremely important uh, to help us get through that last part of the growing season where it could be hotter and drier. According to the North Dakota State University's Crop and Pest Report, soybean aphids have been identified in the state, but no fields were above the economic threshold for treatment. Most of the positive soybean fields in the southeastern and central portions of North Dakota. South Dakota has received a presidential disaster declaration from President Biden for a severe storm that happened in early June. The declaration allows the Federal Emergency Management Agency, FEMA, to provide aid to six counties that endured tornadoes, severe storms, straight-line winds, and flooding June 11th through the 14th. A preliminary assessment indicates more than $1.6 million in storm damage happened in Butte, Hocken, Jackson, Jones, McPherson, and Spink counties. Small grain harvest continues across the U.S. The latest USDA crop and pest conditions report says winter wheat harvest is at 82% complete nationwide. South Dakota's winter wheat harvest is 77% complete behind last year's pace but ahead of the five-year average. North Dakota's winter wheat harvest at 18% complete. Complete. And the majority of U.S. spring wheat crop is headed. U.S. spring wheat conditions rated 70% good to excellent. 26% of South Dakota spring wheat is harvested. South Dakota spring wheat conditions rated 56% good to excellent. Barley harvest is 4% complete in Minnesota, which is behind last year's pace and the five-year average. Minnesota's barley crop is rated 68% good to excellent. That's a look at weather this week in agriculture. I'm Randy Conan. You never quite know when that next storm is going to strike. And all it takes is for a little hail to ruin a perfect crop. But you can protect yourself with a hail insurance policy through Egg Country Farm Credit Services. The insurance professionals at Egg Country can help customize a policy that will fit your farming operation. Protect your revenue today by contacting your local Egg Country office. Egg Country, experts in every field. Keep up to date on this year's harvest right here on the Red River Farm Network.
Listen to Harvest Hotline Monday through Friday at 1237 on most of these Red River Farm Network stations. Sponsored by Ag Country Farm Credit Services and the North Dakota Mill. We'll talk with custom combiners, elevator managers, agronomists, and farmers about harvest progress, yields, and quality. It's Harvest Hotline, a daily feature right here on the Red River Farm Network. We're reporting agriculture's business.